And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Good morning, good afternoon, whatever time of day it is that you are listening, folks. Thank you very, very much for listening. Today, today is the 20th of February, year of our Lord 2023. Welcome to yet another edition of the Bun and Cardigan Show presented by... The Athletic. I'm, of course, joined by the on-again, off-again man who wears the cardigan, James Edwards III of The Athletic. James, after an illustrious week off, we said we were going to take this week off. We actually ended up taking uh, last week off some scheduling conflicts. Uh, We are back, and as promised, we are going to be doing our pre-draft stuff today. Some light some light pre-draft stuff. We're not going to be going into it all the way, but the you know the top five or six guys that Pistons fans need to be the most concerned about, uh, we will be jumping into that today. However, before we get to that, there is a new shiny toy that the Pistons have. Fans finally got their hands on them. James, it finally happened. The trade went through sometime last week. James Wiseman has officially played a game with the Detroit Pistons against the Boston Celtics. And I got to tell you something. I'm excited. All right, so there's a couple things I wanted to do on this part. Uh, where do I want to start? I want to I want to tell people what my what my time was like from the day the moment the trade was announced on trade deadline day to the day that to Super Bowl night because it's one of the wildest experiences in my in my professional career. Um, but first, I want to know from you now that you've had time to kind of step back and, and and properly analyze this how are you feeling about the trade on saturday february 18th i feel great honestly um the most fun experiment that i've done with myself is i've gone back when i was writing for piston powered it was during the 2020 draft so i wanted to see what were my pre-draft wiseman takes and like would they hold up today with how i feel about them now and given you know everything that we know about them, which admittedly isn't that much But what I learned at the time was I wrote an article that was like, here are the three players the Pistons need to avoid at all costs in the 2020 draft. It was Patrick Williams, number one, and James Wiseman, number two. Obi Toppin was in there as well. That one, I feel like that one, eh, well, jury's still kind of out there. But the reasons that I said we should avoid James Wiseman were because he played three games at Memphis and we didn't know how he was going to do. Sounds a lot like why I didn't like Shaden Sharp, honestly. And the whole uh, other part, like the actual basketball reasons that I didn't like him was because I said that until he can do things outside of the paint, I'm not sure this uh, experience is going to go very well. We saw in one game. Oh, he can score outside of the paint. He can grab a 15-foot rebound and then immediately just do a little turnaround onto the baseline, and it's going to rip the net. So, yeah, I guess just looking back on it, boy, he's grown in like the 10 minutes of NBA action that he's had, and I'm on board with it 100%. (laughs) I Listen, and I was telling somebody this the other day. um, I wanted to save my opinions, like aside from doing my work and explaining to you guys why the trade happened and X, Y, and Z, the logistics of it, the reporting of it, like my thoughts on the trade, because everybody kind of insinuated that I like the trade and therefore am naturally called a homer and all these things. Um, listen, it is, it comes down to this. Did the Pistons think that they maximize, maximize Sadiq Bay? And this is the player that he is and will continue to be, which is a good NBA player. And the upside Wiseman provides exceeds the potential that Sadiq can get to. That's the question they ask themselves. I honestly, I obviously can see how they come to that conclusion. Um, it, it makes sense to me. Like if you think that Sadiq is what he is, and you feel like maybe you can find that guy every year in a draft or a free agency. Why not take a shot on a guy who has star potential? To me, like that's the most obvious kind of like why they do this. 
that's why the most obvious and then i was trying to tell somebody the other day uh a buddy of mine was talking about how he was just sad that they let sadiq go i was like no i understand it like obviously personally like i got to know they got along with sadiq well like that part stinks um but i think a lot of the fans attachment and maybe um uh, the not understanding maybe of his trade value or trade market or maybe overinflating it comes down to the fact that over the last what this is a, he's two and a half years in um, over two and a half seasons he's probably provided like the most um, exciting moments in Pistons basketball during a lot of losing so you have the multiple game winners you have the 50 point games like the moments that are like Oh my gosh, I can't I love this team. I I can't wait till 2023. Like a lot of that is because Sadiq like hit a game winner or scored 50 or hit seven threes and and things like that. So I think there was that natural attachment and obviously you know and a lot of people know like sprinkled into all those great moments obviously were a lot of like four for 16 games and things like that. Like just natural young guy up and down ebb and flow, but I think a lot of people did get attached to him because of the personality, how he carried himself um and then also yeah, like I said, those big performances. So um, I thought Wiseman looked as good as you could look for not playing much basketball and only having one practice. Um, he runs the floor very well. I thought he did some stuff defensively that I, that, that caught my eye. Like when they the Celtics kept trying to switch him onto a guard, and there was once or twice when he stopped Brogdon, and I think another one he stopped Tatum. Um, obviously struggled with some communication stuff. Uh, didn't really look to pass was was really kind of had some tunnel vision in that regard that's all right though um yeah I mean it was solid I, I think and I wrote this in my piece after the game the bit the most important thing for Wiseman off his first game is that he'll get to build on that it, it's not a like a warrior situation where he plays and he might not play again for a month he's going to get to build on every single performance and, and start to build uh not only confidence up but just reps and you see it. Clay's talked about it. Draymond's talking about it. I think they genuinely believe he's going to be a good NBA player. He just needs the reps. Yeah, a hundred percent agreed on all fronts. Um, a few things on this. One, I think the way that you framed it uh, when we did our like emergency broadcast in our last episode, when the trade had like just happened, you said it essentially boils down to like just in terms of what Sadiq's value was. Do you think he was worth five seconds, or do you think he was worth James Wiseman? Like, if you had to pick one of those, which would you pick? And at the time I said James Wiseman and I said that I reserve the right to change my mind because I'm an emotional person and, you know, who knows how I'm going to feel in a week. I would look back on it and I would say the same thing and I would agree with myself. I would say, Nick, that's a really good take because ultimately <laughs> if you're taking five seconds, you're doing it for one of two reasons. One, you're just going to package them for like a player that you hope to be as good as James Wiseman or for a pick that is like you're or trading Sadiq up. Bay. Right. Or Sadiq Bay, Right. Um, or you're going to use those draft picks and hope to find a player that is as good as James Wiseman or Sadiq Bey. So, yeah, ultimately, I think it's great. And like you said, it, it is really refreshing to see Steph and Draymond and Clay like, all on board with this and rooting for him to succeed elsewhere. And on a lot the, of Warriors fans, too. Like, obviously, yeah. the stories I've written, I've tagged the, the Golden State Warriors, so my story goes to the Warriors feed if you're following the Warriors. And, like, they are, like, very excited and wishing Wiseman the best. I haven't seen a bad comment from – from the Bay Area faithful about him. They they understand the circumstances and the situation, but they a lot of people seem to believe in him still. You know, I would never sit here and, like, I don't think it's good to do a podcast about an individual game, but since, like, this is important and we're not going to be able to see him play until, like, by the next time we record, the Pistons will have played, I think, one time, no. one more game, not even. No, they'll play, like, three. How long is the All-Star break? They play again. Um, I leave for Orlando Tuesday. They play the Magic Thursday. Okay, the, this whole All-Star break is really disorienting to me then. So never mind. By the time we have next week, we'll have more Wiseman stuff to talk about. But in that one individual game, um, what you usually see when guys get traded is exactly what he did when you're like, yeah, he wasn't really looking to pass. Yeah, that's fine. That's fine. Just find your shot. Just go out there and do stuff. I was just happy to see that, you know, he wasn't just thrown out there as a body to facilitate DHOs the way that he historically has been with Golden State, right? They're just like, go do stuff. Go be a disruptor. Go get some shots up. Go grab some boards. Be vicious. And yeah. he was. He did all those things, and he checked all the boxes. So as the season goes on, you know, hopefully he can stay healthy, and we'll see what we have. 
Um, and I'm really excited for it. I think this is this is only um, a really fun opportunity for Pistons fans. And I think, um, you know, early on when the trade originally happened, I think a lot of the frustration was directed towards James Wiseman for this trade happening. Like people were mad at him that he was now on our team. That has since passed. I think people are over that now. I think for the most part, it people really kinda... flipped qu- quickly. Like once yeah. people like got out of their instant reaction mode like <laughs> it was really weird like the first 24 hours like this is stupid i can't believe they did this and then like two days pass they're like oh, i kind of like this and i'm like you just gotta always flesh out your ideas don't just fly to twitter or your instant reaction like that's that's the downside of the of the social media case in point do you want to know what's great about uh how i handled it is on the show I said a lot of things that I believe, but then as soon as we got off, I was like, can I be honest with you? I hate this. Like, I hate this a lot, but I didn't want to sit there on the pod and talk about how much I hated it because that's not constructive for anybody. And I'm glad yes, I is. chambered it. Is it? Yeah. This is your, if you hate it, say it. This is what no, you do. This is, but this isn't 97.1. I'm not a hater, right? Like we're not just like spewing negative rhetoric just for the sake of spewing negative rhetoric. That's not what we do. Well, I so, think, I think the issue with, with that radio station is like, not again. Not everybody at that radio station. Everybody there, for the most part, does a great I think job. We all know who we're talking about here. No, yeah. I, we're not. T- no, 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 no. That gentleman is very good at radio. Like he's phenomenal at broadcasting and radio. He does a great job. I don't agree with everything he says, but if you're talking about Mike Valeni, he does a great job on the microphone. Very good. I don't agree with everything. Like what I'm going to say is, or where I think ninety-seven-one sometimes falls into the trap is. For years, they banged the table for the Pistons to rebuild, the Pistons rebuild, and now they're like, all right, just go sign Miles Bridges. I've had enough. We should trade for Kyrie now. I'm tired right. of what. Like, that's the that's where it's, like, ridiculous. Right. Uh, but Valeni himself is very good at broadcasting. Like, I understand why he has such a big following. I think he's really good at getting reactions out of people. That's his which job. ultimately, yeah, that's ultimately what, exactly what the job is, is trying to uh, spark discussion and driving engagement, and that's something that he's really good at. Uh, alrighty, James. Do you think that puts a bow on the on the James? Can Wiseman I just thing? share the days leading up to the? Uh, can I just share the tr- from trade deadline day to Super Bowl Sunday? Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, of course. Go ahead. Because it's a one of. I mean, obviously, this whole situation with Wiseman and Gary Payton and the Warriors yeah. and Blazers has never really happened before. So to be in the thick of it, and also to be kind of like a, I'm, I'm involved. But like it has nothing to do with the teams I cover. Like it's a this is a dispute between the war. All right, so Friday night I think the Pistons played, and that's when Shams breaks the news on the Athletic uh, that that trade is in jeopardy. So immediately, and I want to address this too. Immediately, I get a bunch of tweets like, "Oh, James must be worried. He must be scared. Sadiq might come back." I'm like, <laughs> first of all, my job is to report report what I hear, report what I'm told, try to, most importantly and first and foremost, try to bring clarity to you guys, every one of which who was sitting there, why did we trade Sadiq? Why did he only cost James Wiseman? My job is to tell you these things. So when I do it, and it's not, there's a reason, um, there's a reason that maybe catches people's eye or whatever, that's not me taking shots at him, that is me giving you background as to part of the reason as to why he was traded context so, so context so everybody's like oh james you yeah, know james shaking in his boots all i'm like i didn't say anything about him like i'm i'm doing my job so the seeing those tweets was just like super annoying and then it's very annoying because or not annoying what, what was frustrating was the deadline finally passed in journalism world, in NBA journalism world, that's when you can kind of like take a deep breath. No news. can You're not really waiting on any hand and foot news. Trades are done. Nobody can – the most that's going to happen at this point is they sign a G League guy to a 10-day or something like that. But now it's from – it's Friday. They announced the trades in serious jeopardy. Because something like this has never happened, you're you're learning the logistics of how long the Warriors have to accept the trade, why they would accept the trade, why wouldn't they accept the trade, and the fact that if they don't want to pass as physical, um, the, the trade will not happen, and Wiseman's here in Detroit, and it's wild. So we're thinking, 
initially and like i'm not going to get into all the details because again uh it was between the warriors and, and blazers the pistons were just kind of bystanders of the situation um but certainly so we're thinking saturday we'll get an answer i keep hearing from multiple sources like saturday sounds like it could get the answer then it pushes back to saturday night and it's like the warriors are gonna we learn that the warriors have 72 hours to make a decision the original deadline was i think 48 hours so they were supposed to pick by six on sunday but all the teams involved pushed it back to nine they ended up making it by six for the super bowl and all that stuff on sunday but just having to kind of like be on pins and needles after the deadline for the weekend during super bowl in toronto because at any second like i I kept hearing it's gonna go through the warriors just kind of want some um confirmation from the league that if they if this goes through that they'll look into the the Blazers handling of this situation they they wanted the Blazers to be reprimanded they obviously I think part of the reason they drew it out and this is just me speculating is to kind of continue to throw shade on the Blazers with different different things that got out there but at the end of the day like we're all waiting to like well what if the Warriors change their mind and like x y and z so it's like all weekend we're just kind of waiting for the like we keep hearing it's gonna go through or I keep hearing it's going to go through. Don't worry, it's going to go through. Uh, it's not official, but they have time and all that stuff. And then finally, right before the Super Bowl, it goes through. But it was just super weird. I don't yeah. know if that's interesting at all to anybody because uh, I can't get into too much of the details, unfortunately. I'm sorry. I, hate, I know when people hate when I tease stuff like that. But it, it, we all knew it was – I'll say this. We all – just reading the timeline – Everyone's like, oh, they're not going to do this. Oh, they're going to do this. Oh, they're not going to. Like, this whole yeah. time, I, yeah. knew, I knew the trade was going to go through. I'm not going to break that because, again, they had until a certain time to make a decision. They could change their mind. It leaking early or whatever could piss them off and think X, Y, Z. So I was just staying out of it. But you just having to wait 48 hours and, like, wondering, well, what if the Warriors do change their mind? It was just a weird situation that i doubt i'll ever go through again and hadn't gone yeah. through before that yeah one of those things where there was so much information on it coming out uh all at once and you know over a, a few day span that at a certain point i was just kind of like i don't know what is actually happening and what's not so i was literally just waiting for the official hey this is or is not happening and everything else was just kind of didn't matter to me so this impromptu story time with james actually uh reminded me of a question that i was gonna ask you uh, last week, but we took the week off. So thank you for reminding me, honestly. What for you as a journalist is a bigger relief when the trade deadline passes or when the draft ends? Trade deadline passes. Really? Because the draft, does a, it takes a toll on you. I've seen it happen twice now. Two years in a row, I've seen what it does. Yeah, but the thing with when the draft ends, the content still goes because everybody wants to read about the new player. Everybody wants to read how he fits in. When trade deadline's over, like there's no nothing new other than wins and losses that can happen for the next until yeah, June. I guess, I guess when it's the after the draft's over, it's like okay, free agency's in a week. Yeah, there's some then there's summer league, then camps around the corner. The deadline, like I have, I can walk away from my phone for three months. And not have to worry about, like, missing out on news. Yeah. Or anything 100%. that I, I – nothing major, more more than likely. Like, there's a 90% chance nothing major. Alrighty, James, we're going to jump into our pre-draft. But before we do that, let's get a word from this week's sponsor, Manscaped. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover – Everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com slash courtside to learn more. James, I got to tell you something really quick. I was on the phone uh, with my grandma. And then I got to plug something when you're done. I forgot to do it at the top, so go ahead. Okay. Oh, do you have a story? Oh, you do. Shoot. Sorry yeah. about that. No, we you go first. That. Anyways, I was on the phone with my grandma. 
and because she she semi regularly listens to the show, and I had to give her a little note. Hello, Mimi Hankel. You call your I grandma said, Mimi, don't you? She's just grandma. Oh, okay. G R A M M A, not grandma. 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 I mean, that's almost yeah, people grandma. say. I, you seem like a, a a grandma nickname though, guy. Like Mimi or Mama. No, we don't really have any weird ones. Everybody's just like grandma, they're, grandpa. All, all their traditional names. Anyways, I was saying to my grandma, hey, if you're ever listening to the show and you hear that I'm about to do a Manscaped ad, please skip through it. I do not want you listening to it because I love Manscaped. They're a great partner. I've been wanting to do an ad read for them for literally years because all my favorite YouTubers always did them. And I was like, man, that would be so funny to do them. But they ask you to say some pretty crazy stuff in the copy. So I just asked my grandma uh, out of respect for both of us in our relationship, please don't listen to me do a Manscaped ad. Uh, and that was my answer to James. We were talking off the show about what is my problem. It's yeah. just that because I know my grandma's going to listen. But what did you have to plug? You got a story that just came out. Yes. Uh, if you're listening to this on Monday or Tuesday, on Tuesday morning, I dropped a story um, about how Cade Cunningham is making up for lost time. Just basically everything he's been doing behind the scenes, um, everything he's been doing with his team that necessarily the fans can't see because he's not playing. Just a real look into how he's trying to continue to build himself as a leader, how he's involved in film sessions, how he's in, in people's ears. Um, just everything. Obviously, people look at it and think this is a lost season for Cade, but half of basketball is mental. And talking to, I talked to Rodney for it, Kojo, Killian, and Dwayne, um, and they've all said like his, his engagement, his involvement, asking questions in film sessions even though he's not playing. It's all there. So if you've been wondering what Cade is up to, um, I know you guys all miss Cade and, and miss Cade content, so I wanted to I wanted to drop something for you guys uh, on him. So check that out on the Athletic. It's up. It'll be up Tuesday morning. God, that's a great call by you because you're 100 percent right. We're starved for Cade content, and I got to tell you that as, as you're listening to this in real time, the story's out, and you can go check it out as we're recording. This, well, maybe though, not because this is coming out on Monday. Oh shoot, is. you're right. But as we're recording this, the story is not out. So I hear this and like immediately want to read it after we're done. This is this is good by you because now you're you're getting me excited and I'm going to be the first one to scroll down to the bottom and hit the green thing. So uh, super excited for that. But James, I'm equally excited for the NBA draft coming up here in June. Potential uh, generational talents that we have. How many would you put generational talents? One and a half. I don't know how many there really are. Potential generate. Yeah, one and a half. One and a half. But it could be a franchise-altering draft uh, for a, a myriad of teams out there, and our beloved Detroit Pistons are one of them. So today, James, uh, let's go down the list of some guys that Pistons fans should keep their their eyes on. Uh, we are going to start with Victor Wembanyama, one of those guys that, you know, how much do we really need to say? Uh, at this point, ESPN is, like, broadcasting his games uh, from time to time uh, when he had the matchup against Scoot and the G League Ignite back in what like October maybe it was November a um, lot of eyes on that game so we're all we've all been pretty aware of, of who Victor is and has been uh, since he was like 14 years old um, I'm, I'll give you the floor here because you can always speak a little bit more elegantly about you know what guys do because uh, otherwise I'm just gonna be like yeah he's really tall he just does a lot of stuff he does all the stuff that you want I mean, a basketball I'm not gonna player be to far do. off like I, there's some of these. What guys excites are, you about him? I'll ask you that. What yeah, excites you about Some of these guys Victor? we talk about, like I'm, I'm more familiar with other than others. Um, obviously, I don't have a lot of time to watch a ton of ca- college basketball, nor do I really want to during this during the NBA season. But yeah, um, I, I obviously keep track on the guys who are always in the Pistons range. Um, so yeah, I mean Victor. I mean it speaks for itself that size. I've seen him in person. Um, he's bigger than he's taller than you think. Uh, at when the Pistons played the Bulls in Paris, he was the tallest guy in the gym by a lot. It felt like uh, a, a seven foot three or four big man who moves kind of like a small forward. Um, can shoot the ball, can put the ball on the deck, has good wiggle, can block shots like a five, uh, can stay in front of guys. Like if everything breaks right for him, you understand why the, everyone's calling him the the best. Pot- prospect since LeBron although I think that slights Luca a little bit who was a Euro League MVP at 18 which is yeah, yeah. and I still Fair. can't believe he went fifth but yeah I mean he, he's in that ilk what I will say and we'll, we'll hit on it now this kind of reminds me of the Zion jaw draft and let me let me preface it by this 
Have I told the story about uh, we were on the road and we were waiting for the Pistons to end shoot around or practice at a certain team's arena and then the opposing team's GM walked into the media room and we chatted with him about John Zion? I don't know if you told – you've either just told me individually or you've told it on the show. I think it might have just been me, but go ahead and tell it if you want to tell it. Okay. So it'll get back to Wimbanyama, but long story short, it was – Toward the end of the season, I won't say what city, I won't say what GM. Um, And me, Rod, and Vince were talking about Ja versus Zion. And we were all kind of like talking. I think it was right after Zion like had the the shoe explosion accident or like an injury or something. And we were all kind of like, it's been a couple injuries. Like, listen, if we were all running a team, I think we would pick Zion because if it doesn't work out, or if it works out, we're we're golden. And if it doesn't, everybody else would have taken Zion. Right. There's nobody's going to yell at you. However, if I was the owner of a team and the team president and the GM, and I'm the one that controls if I fire myself or not, I think I would have taken Ja. And I was tell we were talking about that because there was obviously injury concern with Zion, the way fitness and all that stuff. And it's played out. Unfortunately, it's played out that way. When he plays, he's phenomenal. He hasn't played a lot. I would say most people right now would take Ja. If they were doing a redraft for the next 10 years, most people I think would take Ja. I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong, but I it's think tough. so. It's it's tough. It's super divisive. I think you would and if you would take if you would take Zion, it's based off the potential, which or the him being available at some point in time. As we speak, he's injured again and just got re-injured. So it is what it is. Yeah. So uh, the 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 rival GM comes in and we ask him, and he said the same thing. He's like, most people like having a job, so they would take Zion. But I think there are some people, if you ask them, would take job because there are concerns. Hmm. And now, James, why are you telling this as telling us this as it involves Wimbenyama? I think I'm in the same boat. Where. I, after seeing Victor in person, I, to my knowledge, is talking to draft people. I think he's had some injury weirdness in the past. Like, I don't think he has a clean bill of health. I don't know if that's made public or anything. I haven't, I can't remember, but I've been told that by multiple people. And then seeing him in person, tall as shit, not quite Chet skinny, but not far off. Ah. <sighs> I would just, I would just be a, like I would do it because I want to have a job, and if it doesn't work out, everybody else would do it. Nobody would yell at me. It'd be unfortunate if it didn't work out. But man, I feel like there's a world where it looks a little bit like Zion or or worse, and Scoot ends up just being consistently good or to great for 15 years. With that said, I would take Wemby, unless I was owning the team, running the team, and coaching the team, I would take (laughs) Scoot. So you mentioned, and we'll get to the Scoot part of this in just a minute, but you mentioned seeing Victor Wembanyama in a gym full of NBA players and and saying he was the tallest guy in the room. Well, speaking of elephants in the room, do you mind if we address one really quick? It's kind of just one of those things where, like, guys that big, guys who are built in the way that Victor Wembanyama is, in speaking historically with the NBA, like aren't built to move around that much. Right. And people always say like, people always do the, if you're seven foot tall guy and you can space the floor, you can hit threes. Congratulations. You're the next Kevin Durant. That is what draft guys will label you just because you're seven footer and you can shoot threes. Right. But what we've always seen with them is they always get hurt. And people are always like, well, Kevin Durant doesn't really get hurt. That's why he's Kevin Durant. Right. That's why he's a unicorn. And to be fair, he's been, he, I mean, the guy missed a whole season and a half with an Achilles later in his yeah, career. Yeah, but that's 10 years into yeah, his career, 100%, 100%. though. 100%. And, like, that's just a wear and tear thing. Hey, man, like, he was already also hurt in that moment. I don't think it was his Achilles that was the problem, but whatever injury yeah, he had, yeah. he, like, quote-unquote, wasn't supposed to be playing in that game. But that's neither here nor there because, yeah, again, yeah. that's not the point. And this isn't – I feel like we're already coming off as, like, a, ooh, are we drafting Victor? I don't – maybe we shouldn't do this. Victor Rabinyama is awesome by all accounts. Like, he's going to be great. He's going to block a ton of shots, and he's going to do a lot of really cool things. There is a chance he could be great, yes. And, and 
and that's what you're drafting him on is the chance that he's great. But what you don't see people talk about nearly enough is just because he's this like 2K wet dream. Like he's what you wish you could do in 2K, but he's real and he just does all that stuff in real life. Because of that, we just kind of push to the side all of the like, eh, I don't know about this because of of who he is. So that part of it is kind of weird. And the propaganda behind him. Yeah, ESPN jumped on that real quick, didn't Very they? Very weird, yeah. Very Interesting. weird. It's, I, I feel... B- you just set him up that way. It's a dangerous... I mean, yeah. listen, the reason we say LeBron is LeBron is because he had unrealistic expectations set on him, and he met him and ex- exceeded him. To to expect that from somebody else, again, is kind of crazy, but yeah. that's the world we live in, and I hope the young man meets and exceeds those expectations because I obviously want to wish the best for everybody. But, I mean, I I have more – there's far more pros than cons, but there are cons. There are cons. We'll put a bow on it with this. Uh, We mentioned this in uh, in the emergency broadcast. This is a team that is hoping that they can land Victor Wembenyama, but they just extended Marvin Bagley. You're going to have to extend Isaiah in the next, like, 12 months, right? You're hoping you can get Victor. So what do you do? Who's the odd man out? Doesn't I know Jalen Dern, but he's on a rookie contract, so who cares? Doesn't I get it. Doesn't matter. I'm doesn't not saying matter. you don't draft Victor Wembanyama because of the things you've done in the past. You draft Victor Wembanyama. I'm saying who's the odd man out? What do you do after that? Yeah, I mean, it's a good question. I think we all kind of have an answer, but it's got to play but itself how, But out. how do you do it? But how do you get off that $12 million is the question. Hmm. That's where you got to get creative. <laughs> yeah. Okay. All right. Scoot Henderson up next. I got to tell you, James, for a few weeks, I was starting to lean a little bit closer to the, are we sure? Can, I want to pat, pat you on the back really quick before we get going and I forget. You've been on a little bit of a pre-draft run lately. Your guy was quitting Grimes. Yeah. Solid NBA player. Yeah. Called it. <laughs> yep. Cam Johnson also got to throw him in there. Cam Johnson. You didn't really, you didn't really know me at the time. I get. What yeah, I remember. I remember. Here. Yeah. Um, Keegan Murray. Keegan just solid. Ben Mab. Evan Mobley. I mean, I'm not, give, I'm not giving you credit. A for horse Evan. could have drafted Evan Mobley. Yeah, so yeah, yeah, it's yeah, not that. Yeah. But you've been. I just want to pat you on the back. You've been on a run. You've been on a decent run. I'm trying to think like some deeper ones. I'm trying to think of ones like I was a Shake Milton guy. The, I think he was the same year they drafted Bruce, and the sec, they only had a second round pick. Like I was high on Shake Milton, and Shake's been a fine NBA player. Yeah, uh, I'm trying to think like obscure ones like that as of late. Who was the? Uh, this is gonna drive me insane. Yeah, go ahead, finish. Well, let's, let's do scoop. We'll just, let's just scoop. We'll do, we'll do this. But I just want right. to give you your flowers because I took, I gave you, you a lot James. of shit for your ridiculous takes, but you've you've had a good pre-draft run. If there's nothing else, I swear to God, dude, people say I can't draft. I can judge vibes. I know how to do this. I know what players can play. I'll, actually, I say that. I was the one who hated Shaden Sharp, and he's kind of awesome. Shaden Sharp is kind of Oh, he's awesome. so much fun. But yeah. Scoot Henderson. I was kind of trending towards this. Are we sure Brandon Miller isn't better than him? I'm going to tell you right now, don't ever let me say that again, because Scoot Henderson is just different like there's this i always watch him like he plays bigger than he is because he's only 6'2 like 185 pounds but he looks like he's like 210 and we've seen with the hamadou thing that i do not apparently have a great barometer for judging you do not heights and weights i can't i can't eyeball that very well um but he just does a bunch of street ball shit on the court like all the moves the packages that he throws together are super tight um great jumper Really uh, unafraid to just let it fly. Got that sort of Anthony Edwards mentality. I love watching Scoot Henderson play so much. Yeah. Thoughts. I like Scoot a lot. Um, love his name. Listening to some of his <laughs> interviews during um, this weekend, All-Star Weekend, because he participated in it. He seems like a really nice kid. Um, I mean, yeah, he checks everything you want from a guard in terms of there's power, there's force. There's skill. Uh, there's raw talent. Um, one thing I will say, and this is going to be wild because this is like what I get on people on Twitter about. I didn't love. I didn't love how he didn't try to kill everybody in the Rising Stars game on Friday. And I mean, to be fair, Kenny Lofton Jr. was shooting like he was Kobe. <laughs> um, 
what's my what's my man Mojave? Uh, I forget it. Mojave. He shot a lot of shots. A lot of the, to be fair, the ball m- movement for the G League squad was not moving well. However, I was really I went into that game like the most excited thing I was for that game was like Scoot is going to try to show all these guys that I'm coming for your jobs. And I didn't get that. And again, it's a Rising Stars game. Who gives a right. shit? I, respectfully, is it the place to do that? You know, are yeah, you going to be that, that guy? stage when you're What's, about to be I, I, like? There's just some. Like, I wasn't watching. I wanted some like psych. Like I wanted him to be a psycho and like take it that way. Even though most people wouldn't, I wanted him to be a psycho and like shoot every shot and prove that like I'm on this stage against these guys that the NBA considers rising stars. All right, I'm about to give them all buckets. I and think I'm overreacting. I'm overreacting. It, no, it's airtight. It no, makes it's not airtight. Sense. I'm overreacting. But I wanted, <laughs> I wanted to see that. I, 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 that was the, this. That's literally the only reason I tuned in. I wanted to, see, other than I tracking what Jaden was doing, like from a that was a work perspective, but from a fan perspective, I was like, all right, is Scoot going to try to kill these guys? And he didn't. Duran not being in there really bumped me out. But yeah, the Scoot thing. He was swagged um, out on the sideline though. Shout out to, shout out to him. I just didn't watch, man. I just didn't care. Like, it's yeah, just not. Oh, I wouldn't have watched if Ivy wasn't playing. It makes sense. Right. You had to do it. It's, it is quote unquote work for you. You might have to document that if something important happens. But on the Scoot thing, um, I wouldn't even view it as a consolation prize. I think that he would still fit in that sort of paradigm where, you know, you are. I don't want to assign like an amount of wins that he adds to your team because I've seen people try to do that with Victor. I had a guy. In my uh, in my Discord, I have a for those I, Motown, the Motown Noah Discord for the, through my uh, YouTube subscribers. I had somebody trying to tell me that Victor adds thirty wins. He was dead ass serious. Thirty wins to whoever drafts him right and away. I was like, right away, he said because he we was using stop the, that stuff, man. It's like, insane. We have to, like I understand that he's a prospect that he's a prospect that is tantalizing and. And he's been hyped up beyond relief or beyond belief. But like at the end of the day, he's going to be a teenage kid who, with all due respect to League One in the French League, is probably the fifth best league in the world. And he's going to have to adjust to the NBA physicality, the grind. Like LeBron didn't make the playoffs his first year. Like let's relax, people. Like come on. He did, to be fair, dominate the world stage, the under eighteen and under sixteen for France. He did. No, he did. I'm not. I'm not. No, no, no. I'm not. I, I agree. Yeah, I don't know why I did that because I know what you're saying. He I don't need to. He didn't that. go against Joel Embiid during those. Right. So on the Scoot thing, I think he's still. I don't think people should. Oh, we got number two. Like this is a dude you want on your team. Yes. With that being said, same with number again, three. Once again, kind of creates it. Well, hold on. Kind of creates a little odd man out. Because the thing is, is like if you end up with. Scoot, and I'm not trying to do like a log jam, like, well, we got to talk about all this, but, but we do, are. right? Because, but this is, but it's part of it, is it not? Is this not part of how no, you construct no, it a really is, good but, team? Don't, but don't say you're not trying to talk about it because we this is the second time we're talking about it. Just get your shit off. You well, want somebody out of here. I don't want anybody out of no, here. No, that's, <laughs> that's all I hear. That's all I hear. You wanted Bagley out of here. Now, who do you want next? You wanted Bagley for five years on your basketball team. You get him, and now you want to kick him out the door as soon as you can. Now, who? who which guard is going? You gonna turn See, on you, the French French Connection next? It's crazy to me that you're just saying so many things that you don't believe because you know I don't want Marvin. I sorry, you know I don't not want Marvin on my team. But if so Victor Wembanyama is on this team, then someone's gotta go. Someone's gotta go. And it's probably the guy that's gonna be making twelve million dollars, respectfully. Thirteen. So if you even better, right? So if you go, or it is twelve. I can't remember. Go ahead. Twelve point one. If you go into the draft, then you're looking at Killian, Cade, Jaden, Ivy, Scoot. Okay, well that seems pretty easy. You're just like, okay, Killian, you're probably not going to get extended, right? Is that just the route that they take? It's a possibility, yeah. I'm not going to get any answers out of you. Third, I mean, best I don't know. Player. I don't know the answer. You're asking me to predict. That is a possibility. Another possibility is. Okay, which non-Cade guard here? Uh, which non-Cade, non-Scoot guard has the best, the most trade interest that could get us a a legitimate wing? They take that route. I mean, there's routes, there's options. Dude, that Karis LeVert sign and trade notification is gonna hit so different. I can't believe I said elite wing and you went to Karis LeVert. Come on. This third player we're gonna talk about. Do you want to go SEC or Big Ten? SEC because this is the guy that we'll talk about. But let's can we take a break first? 
Oh, you're right. Let's take another break and get a word from a sponsor. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Victorinox, the makers of the original Swiss Army Knife, have been a reliable companion for life's everyday challenges, mastering functionality, innovation, iconic design, and uncompromising quality with its products. The Victorinox Swiss Army Knife provides you with all the things you don't think about until you need it. Tweezers, a screwdriver, and even a corkscrew. With the Victorinox Swiss Army Knife, you can be prepared to master everyday life. You can find Victorinox Swiss Army Knives at Dick's Sporting Goods. James, third player we're going to be talking about here, Brandon Miller from Alabama. Let me rattle off a few takes about him that I really, really like. Cause, I'm cause such if a fan. This is a, a podcast that plants flags pre-draft, okay? Yeah. This is what we do. And it's not, I don't think, fun. I think tentatively, Brandon Miller can be this podcast's guy. I think that's fair. No, but that's, we gotta our, pick, that's, that's our guy. We are, guy we're, the, but we're planting that's our, the flag now. It can be our guy, but we need a you know 12 through like 19 yeah guys. we'll get yeah yeah well that that comes with as we'll we get go there. through the process just, more yeah, yeah cool just clarifying that for right now brandon miller is our guy uh my favorite thing about him uh is he chases down his own shots like any shot that he's taking which first of all he was doing some <laughs> voodoo shit against michigan state Why earlier is that this your year favorite thing about him? because it's an effort thing right it's I the agree, grunts of the nba like... it's the gritty sh- diving on the floor for loose balls and chasing down your own shots that's what i love because if you see him pulling up from 32 off the catch the second it leaves his hand he's going to take this quick little jab back towards the basket if it looks like it's even a fraction of an inch off the rim and i love it and sometimes he goes and he gets his own board and he puts it back up at the rim it's gr- he's so athletic i love watching him play and look I don't know about this, but is he just what we thought Amani Bates was going to be? I don't this hate like, that. I don't hate that take, but I wouldn't say we thought. Yeah, I. I yeah, well, I, I wasn't I, on the Amani. Yes, go ahead. I was, but I was right because yeah. you have this like hyper vertical, hyper athletic guy who can shoot from literally anywhere, scores a ton of points, does all the little things like chasing down his own shots. Something that Amani yeah. Bates does not like uh, to do. Amani also can't get open in the Mac. So you want to do a new segment called a quick five on Amani Bates, where we just say, Hey, Pistons fans, stop. We're not doing it. We'll get to, we'll save that for a different (laughs) pod, but yeah, we'll have an Amani Bates pod. Cool. Uh, that's my Brandon Miller spiel really quick. What do you got? Oh man. I mean, listen, the Pistons at this stage should never, should not draft for fit. They are still in very much talent accumulation mode you get who you think the best player is however (laughs) if you wanted to take if they're sitting there at two maybe even i still think that's a reach but three for (sighs) sure and you're thinking about like not only does this guy fit exactly what we need but he could be there's a world where he's the dark horse like best player of this draft ben math it's it's Brandon Miller. Like, yeah. when's the last time the Pistons have had a 6'9 wing who, like, has the potential to be – everybody kind of compares Brandon Miller to Paul George, which I think he is a little, like a little unfair. He, he does like dribble him. like him. Even though I think Paul has one of the most underrated handles in the league. I a hundred. I knew yeah. you were going to say that, and I only agree. You're right. Yeah. Go ahead. But, like, when's the last time the Pistons have had, like, a 6'9 wing with – that type of two-way potential. Like, we're going yeah. back to, like, Tayshon was a role player. F- fantastic role player. Made an all-star. Or, he didn't, wait, he didn't even make an all-star. He wasn't part of yeah, no. yeah, he Yeah, he No, it was just did. those. It was the four. It's Chauncey, Rip, Ben, and Rashid. You're right. You're right. You're right. You're so right. maybe you're going back to, like, Grant Hill. That was I was gonna say him. The last like, time they've had Stack, like Stackhouse doesn't. Yeah, count. or Stackhouse. Like, oh, well, Stackhouse counts. He Does like, he count? Okay, sure. Yeah. Like the Pistons, the league for a while now has been dominated by six nine wings, 
and the Pistons have just not had one who has elite potential yet. And I'm counting Cade as like a ball handler, not necessarily a wing. Um, but Brandon Miller, like to shoot, was he still shooting over fifty percent from three? <laughs> I I don't I don't check college stats. I don't I know. Th- I know you you were very excited about this, so I thought I thought you were. Um, I was just in a rabbit hole of like two hours watching like every single game that he's played this year. Yeah, like I just think like his his stroke is phenomenal. Pause. Pause. Yeah. Um, I think he yeah he has a nice handle. I wouldn't quite say Paul George now, but maybe early Paul George. Um, there's still some stuff like he needs a little space to get off his shot. Like as his hand as his handle improves, I think he'll be okay. Kind of gets it off in a phone booth, does he not? If you hand it to him, he's got no, one he, of the prettiest jumpers in the entire class. He does he gets it off quick. I don't know about like if he has necessarily the, the quite the wiggle yet, like the like dance with you and like I, I need to see a little bit more. Um, good rebounder, like you said, he competes, gets after it on both ends. Like you said, chases his own shots, competes on defense, length. Like I'm just a big Brandon Miller fan. I think he, he even draws rates solidly. Like. Or draws rates, draws fouls draws at a good rate. I was like, like "Is this a new advanced analytic that nah, I don't know I, about?" I, I was just gonna go with it. I, I, I was fighting off a nap all day, and here, this is the result of that. But it's I'm a two big in the afternoon. Yeah, I'm on mini vacation. <laughs> I don't get to take naps until after the trade deadline. But yeah, I'm a big Brandon Miller fan. I don't know if I could be talking to him at two, not in the middle of February right now. Uh, but like he's a March Madness runaway from maybe me doing like me. I don't know, man. Going there. Do you really want to fall victim to the March Madness thing again? Because it's different when it's a guy who Shout we know there are summers. <laughs> I'm going with the Jalen Suggs route, right? The way that his stock kind of fluctuated. It was like Bitcoin for a little bit. The way that after he hit that shot against who was it UCLA in the Final Four and goes on to win the Natty, wins Most Outstanding Player think he got that at least and people are talking about is Jalen Suggs going over LaMelo Ball and we kind of fall victim to this thing I think the only difference is like Brandon Miller is already regarded as like he's probably going three you know what I mean yeah, and I Suggs was some, always in I this. think there's some people that think Cam Whitmore could be right yeah. but the Brandon Miller thing you said at the beginning you were like the Pistons aren't in a position where they should draft for fit they just need a capital G guy bolded italicized underlined if they can get it right but at least capital G not best fit. What if at three you can just get both, and that's that ends saying. up being Brandon Miller, right? Yeah, that's what and, I'm and there's a chance and, where he's the the most obvious fit, and he's also the best player ten years from now. Yeah, I'm agreeing with you. I'm just adding to it, right? And especially since you just traded Sadiq, like it just feels like it makes uh, complete sense. Another guy that I think makes complete sense. Uh, James gave me some credit earlier for my Keegan Murray propaganda uh, a year ago. Oh no, you're not going here, are you? Why would I not? Are we gonna are we gonna lie? Are we gonna pretend that this isn't a real thing? This isn't Isaiah Mobley, okay? This isn't just me liking a little oh, brother Chris just because is good. he's bigger. Chris Chris Murray is like a legit like twenty and I can't say what I was. I was gonna say twenty and thirteen. I don't believe that. He's like a legit nineteen and eight guy in the NBA. I'm, don't look at me like that because that's I swear kind of, to God, that's kind of he's crazy. got the dude. If we know anything about Troy Weaver, and this can be applied to Brandon Miller as well, he loves a dude who's standing like 6'7", but has a 7'4 wingspan. It's all about wingspan with Troy Weaver. It has to be longer than you are standing, right? And Chris Murray, it stretches the length of the court. He does everything that Keegan does, if not a little bit better and a little bit quicker, a little bit more like fluidly, I will say, probably the worst jumper uh, in the... I said Brandon Miller might have the best. Chris Murray might have the worst jumper it's terrible but you know what it does james you know what his jumper does it goes in and it works yeah it does i i think we're way talking about like there's we're we should not be talking about chris murray right now he's going top seven i don't i don't know if i believe that to be true i'm um, not doing this as a to do my thing i'm saying this because i legit think chris murray is like a contender for a dude that the pistons might want to draft i think he's that good i think there are a couple guys and we can touch on them slightly like the Thompson twins, like I think, Amon has like, yeah, Amon's great potential to be one of those guys as well. Uh, and then obviously his brother. How do you say his brother's name is that? Al Osar. I've, also, I've also not known that. Yeah, I like Osar a lot. Uh, I don't love Cam Whitmore as much as others, but like, he's very explosive. He's a shot maker. Um, he's kind of reminds me a little like Anthony Edwards light in a way. 
Um, like Kermit Willis. Sure. Uh, Jerace Walker is another guy, the, the cat from Houston, the shooting like 40% from three. Um, just as a, I just think he can score from all over the floor. I think he's a dog too. Like, I just, I like him. Like, I think there are, we're talking like 10 or 15 get Like, I think we're, I don't, I'd be shocked if Chris Murray went top seven. We should make a bet. I'm I'm serious, dude. Like I, this isn't even just because it, it depends on on who you're reading, right? Because there's a lot of different mock drafts. I've seen sometimes he goes 14, and I've seen sometimes the highest I've seen him go is five, right? I I don't want to say it was CBS because it might not have been CBS, but I think that's who it was. Um, I'd be really excited. Also, a dude playing Big Ten basketball. I would say that's probably one of the best basketball conferences in America. Maybe the third best, second best, second best basketball conference in Maybe. yeah in North America. I'd agree with that. Maybe the best. I don't think it is anymore. I think I think you would just go ACC. I think you have to. No, yeah, eh, I think the Big Ten's deeper. But speaking of the Big Ten, uh, probably should have did this up top. I, just, I didn't even think about this. Our shout out to sending our love and prayers oh, yeah. to everybody in East Lansing, my alma mater. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was wild watching that unfold on Twitter. Uh, what was it? Saturday night, Sunday night, one of those nights, something yeah, like that. Rest in peace to um, the beautiful students who lost their lives. I know we just pivoted crazy, but no, but you're right. We should have done this. Us talking about the Big Ten made me think about that. Rest in peace to them and condolences to their families. Uh, wishing great health and recovery to those who were injured, uh, both physically and mentally. And yeah, it's like what living in Detroit when the Oxford thing happened, and like my stepmom's from Oxford, and my stepsister, like it still didn't hit super close to home because I just like never been to Oxford in my life. But this one, like to this one's like Michigan State's like my backyard. Like I lived there. I lived in Lansing slash East Lansing for seven years. You know what I mean? Yeah. So. That's tough. Uh, hopefully, yep. hopefully, Spartan Nation can can get through this and uh, and not let it not let it define define them and and and, and continue to uh, be a special and great community that it is. So I had texted you because I you know I I knew this might sort of be affecting you in a certain way and I even though I didn't go there people know I didn't go to any college but I did live there for a year shout out to Rio Town and at least you know especially when I was a kid like going to East Lansing was like that was like the coolest thing in the world to me because like you know I don't know it was always just like really special and it's just one of those things like when it was unfolding in real time like I just like wasn't I just like wasn't able to really process the severity of it because it is it's one of those things where it's like it happens to other people. Yeah. You know, and so when it does happen to, and again, it wasn't, didn't directly affect me, but at least, you know, in, in, a, in a lot of ways it did because I'm going to have some, uh, some future in-laws of mine that currently live there, right? So they're sending us like real-time texts about what's going on and, hey, this like shelter in place. So that part of it was really scary. And to look back on it and have this feeling and knowing how many other people, mainly around the country, but of course around the world, but specifically since this is an inherently American problem, so many people around the country who have felt this exact same way, if not worse. Yeah. So, so many people are unified in this feeling and still nothing is is done about it and nothing changes and it's just on to the next one, right? And yep. the, the Oxford shooting is insane because it was like two weeks ago that I was talking about it with somebody and because that was the first time that it I, there was a shooting that affected you know me in any way it was Michigan and I have a uh, my childhood best friend and his wife they live in Oxford so it was very you know raw for them and um they were like which one was the Oxford one yeah and when you have to like specify you know which supermarket it was or which fucking school it was yeah. that this thing happened at uh that doesn't feel great and it hurts a lot yeah so. We're not, yeah, we could spend an hour on that, but um, yeah, man, it's just it's tough because 
you feel a connection to that place. You've walked those dorms, halls, sidewalks. Um, it, it could have happened to you, your family. Like it's just, it's unfortunate that it that it happened, of course, and that we're in a country where stuff like that easily happens and frequently happens. So, um, yeah, go green, go white. And shout out to my my dogs, Spartan dogs, beat Michigan. Shout out to Tom Izzo for his uh, his. Well, he had some very very touching words. On yeah, the, he on did. The subject did he, he did. Not? Yeah, that was very. That's nice. That's what we're talking about here. That's fair. Um, <laughs> care about his recruiting trail right now? <laughs> it's not. Yeah, it's not. It's not great. Uh, yeah, Michigan State. Uh, former Michigan State basketball players are not doing uh, not doing too hot right now. It was like the day after that the Appling sentence happened. Uh, did you hear about? Did you, see- did you hear about Bryn? What did Bryn Forbes do? You didn't hear about the Bryn Forbes? I'm not, I know, I'm I shouldn't lying, laugh. I shouldn't bro. Laugh. I don't know. Uh, he beat up his porn star girlfriend. <sighs> okay. All right. What's going on, man? going on i mean i'm that's just horrible that's a, i mean what the yeah. this is uh, yeah, anyway what happened to this episode i don't know but i think we should end it here jesus uh, go green well, go white we love you go go green sorry you can go ahead go green <laughs> ladies and gentlemen well, if you made it this go white me oh oh go oh i'm so sorry yes go white yeah there i dude i i mess this up all the time the first time i moved to chicago i was wearing uh uh, you know, like I was wearing something Michigan State related, and a guy walked past me and said, go green, and I just, like, stared at him and walked by. About five minutes later, I realized I was supposed to say go white. That's how we – that's that's the funny thing. It's like thing. the that's, Jeep thing. That's how yeah. we know. That's how we know yeah. who's who went to Walmart and who went to uh, Brody Hall. I've been – but it's my whole life that I know, I've known I'm a, that you're – supposed. I'm, no, I'm a, I, but you're right, though. Ultimately, it's like that distinguishes who is – it's also just because I'm never consciously present. Right. Like if you That's bump fair. into me on the sidewalk and you try I, to have a conversation, you had just with left Seven Eleven. You're 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 feeling good. It's you have you have a Tostitos, a Taquitos, and uh, and a, a cosmic brownie in your hand. You're you're locked and loaded. You maybe a zebra cake. I'd throw a zebra yeah, cake in double there. Double stuff oatmeal cream pie. Facts. We've been on a zebra cake kick. And oh, I'm sorry. Not I'm I sorry. Not zebra cake. I just I said that. I meant. Cake. Honey bun. We've been on a honey bun kick recently. I like honey buns. I had a honey bun phase in middle school, but I, it's been a while since I had one. But I like honey buns. Shout Can I give you my, cake, so. a habit that I'm trying to break because it drives me insane? Sure. So whenever I pour something, let's say I go in the fridge, I want a glass of orange juice. Okay. I will pour the glass of orange juice full and then take like three sips of it and then fill it back up and then put the orange juice in the fridge. So I'm just like wasting orange juice. Like I just like I can't get enough of it. So like I have to take three sips of it till it's like down to like 75% full. And then I fill it back. You don't want it to go away. You want to savor it. Yeah. Like I don't want to meet because I know if I just leave the glass, I'm just going to drink it all really fast. So I have to have a little appetizer orange juice, you know, for you get what I'm going for. Yeah, I like that. I'm not mad at that. I do that. I do that with like candy. Like I'll eat like five before I want one and then I'll eat it. Then I'll eat candy. Yeah, you eat the whole the, thing. The pre-zebra yeah. cake, and then the actual zebra cake. You know where we went for our Valentine's Day uh, little dinner? We tried a, a new place. I had been mentioning over the last month uh, that I've been watching. We've been watching a lot of Hell's Kitchen. Yeah. So we went to Gordon Ramsay Burger here in Chicago. Uh, it took us like an hour to get seated. You didn't make reservations. We, I I'm not even going to go down that route right. because I suggested it and was told that it doesn't make and they said on the and then they, you go to the website and it's like hey walk-ins are encouraged but it's also like a whatever probably the best hamburger I've ever had in my life what was devastating to me is it was in the old Wahlburgers building apparently while I was in Los Angeles Wahlburgers in Chicago uh foreclosed and does not exist anymore so I will never get to eat Wahlburgers again the last time I had it was a year ago in Milwaukee there's one in there's one in Greektown so if you come back home. Yeah, remember there was the one in Los Angeles in West Hollywood that we saw. Oh, and yeah, I like, that's stopped right. to take a picture of it. And you were yeah. like, what the hell is going on? We, I was like, you don't understand. That's right. I forgot about that. We walk like eight miles. 
for no reason. Alrighty, James. Yeah. Uh, you got an album? Give us a movie. Give us. Give the people a movie. I haven't watched a movie in a while. I can give you an album though. When's the last time you went to the theater? <laughs> What'd you see? Super bad. You. The last time you went to a movie theater was 2007. I mean, I've been since then, but <laughs> I know I can't tell you the last movie. Probably like one of the Batman's. I don't know. I don't like Pre- going to the movies. We've talked about really? we've talked about this before. I am a comedy movie buff, and they That's don't make right. they don't make good comedies anymore. Like I don't know what happened to the whole the whole Seth Rogen and Jonah Hill and Judd Apatow run, but like it went away. Like they were cranking out at Will Ferrell, they were cranking out classics multiple every year, and now it's like there's no comedies coming through, or they go straight to Netflix. I have a Judd Apatow story. Hit me. Cool story time with Nick. Uh, I was in, I was at my apartment, and LA I was like taking a, in Santa Monica, and I went to. I think I was going to the office or something. I don't remember where I was, or I was, but I was in a lift, and there was a, a really famous like bagel shop that was right by my apartment. Like that was just like where bagels happened. I think right? you've told. I think I've heard the story, but tell it for people that are new listeners. And it's at an intersection, right? So I'm sitting in the lift in the back seat, um, looking out the window. And we're right next to this bagel place. And Judd Apatow is just sitting there hammering some bagels. And I'm, like, looking at the driver. And he's, like, five feet away from me. Like, all that's separating us is, like, the window that's up and in the And you recognize it was him right away? Like, that's Immediately. Judd Apatow? I'm like, that's Judd Apatow. I know that that is. So I'm just, like, staring at him and looking back at the driver. Like, do I say something? Do I do something? And, the, of course, rule of thumb, especially when you're in Los Angeles, is, like, if you see a famous person, either don't say anything to them or just make it really discreet and be like, hey, I really enjoy your work. And then, like, move on. But it's like Judd Apatow. So I'm like, what do I do? And I did nothing. And for like a week, I was really excited telling people like, yeah, I just saw Judd Apatow at Bagel Nosh. Like it was really cool. And then the Oscars slap happened. And Judd Apatow goes on this huge Twitter rant about how uh, Will Smith could have killed Chris Rock and Judd Apatow wasn't cool for a while. So I stopped telling that story. I forgot that he did that. Yeah, he's got to relax. You got to you want to revisit the whole Will Smith, Chris Rock thing. You got to take on that. Nah, I respect it. He did it. Chris is all right. Made a lot of money on that on that tour. I'm sure from all those ticket sales. Yeah, I'm sure he. I'm sure he did well. And listen, where they come from, if a slap is the worst thing that's happened, it's okay. Saw Lincoln Riley wearing a USC visor on a crosswalk one day. That was cool too. He had like just gotten the job. He had been he had like just gotten the USC job and he was just sitting there. What you see him wearing on the sidelines, he was just wearing that like on the street. It was really weird. So people could recognize him. He's like Nick Nurse. In case he forgets his name, he's gotta have whole hat and shirts that say Nick Nurse on him. That's the corniest thing ever. Let's wrap up. It made me mad. What's your album? What's your album? Oh. Um so I got hip to this new kind of R and B group. Uh they actually I tweeted about them. Because I was mad that nobody told me about them, and then I tweeted about them, and they retweeted it. Children of Zeus, song called Balance. Can I play the beginning of one song? It seems a little copyrighty, but you're going to do what you're going to do. He's already doing it. It's kind of hard. I can't hear it. Really? Don't I play it like <laughs> All right. Children of Zeus, Balance. My favorite song is I Know. The Bunny Cardigan Show is back, ladies and gentlemen, from our one-week hiatus like we never left. Do, if you're do, listening do. to this on Apple Podcasts, be sure to rate five stars. Leave a review. Subscribe if you're feeling generous. Somebody left a review that I actually meant to tackle on today's episode. We'll have to do that next week. If you're listening to this on Spotify, you can also leave five stars. We will catch you guys in the next one.
As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager.